Welcome Northeast Conference fans to our latest NEC Now podcast on the NEC Overtime Pod. I am joined by St. Francis University's women's basketball head coach, Keela Whittington. Today, we will be discussing the growing role of diverse coaching staffs. Coach, thank you for being here today. Thank you. I I am really happy to be here uh, with you today. Yes, I'm super excited. So you got your first taste for coaching as a graduate assistant at the University of Delaware. And I was listening to you speak on the podcast SFU Made. And during this podcast, you said that while you enjoyed your time as an assistant coach at various institutions, you knew you wanted to take it to the next level and become a head coach. I would love to hear a bit more about your path from Delaware onwards and what exactly brought you to St. Francis and why that head coach title was so important to you. Well, I had a number of years uh, from Delaware uh, here to St. Francis. Uh, After grad school, uh, I got my first head coaching job at uh, University of Rhode Island. Uh, I spent two years there. Uh, and then I went on to the Indiana University and was an assistant for five years and uh, went to the University of South Alabama for a year and then came back up to uh, the East Coast and spent six years at Penn State. Uh, from Penn State, I went to Marist for two years then on to Oregon for three years, you know, kind of making the rounds throughout the country. <laughs> um, and came back on this side of the country and spent a year at, at uh, University of Memphis. And uh, I was out of coaching for a couple of years, but my heart was still very much in it. Um, so I got back into coaching uh, at Marist for two years. And I knew that when I came back into coaching, uh, you know, uh, working at Marist that, uh, while I was out, I, I was talking to God, I'm going to say, and, and I always had these dreams about being a head coach. And because I wasn't in uh, coaching at the time, I felt that the only way to accomplish those dreams was to be in coaching. To be a head coach, I had to be coaching somewhere. I didn't think that someone was just going to magically call me at home and say, hey, coach, come and be our head coach. So, um, so I chose to get back in the coaching at that time. And I knew that uh, this time around, uh, my dreams were, were going to come true. So uh, it worked out at the end, at the end of the season uh, at Marist in 2019 that this position at St. Francis was open. And it just spoke to me in a lot of different ways uh, as a Catholic person. And uh, in, in Pennsylvania, you know, only an hour south of Penn State where I had coached before. Uh, there were just a lot of things that I liked about the position, and uh, I felt it was time. And you know, things worked out, and and uh, I got the job, and just really excited to be here and and uh, to finally have that dream come true. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned before, and I also heard you on the podcast talk about your like your faith. So I have to imagine St. Francis's um, like religious roots were really important to you. Yes. Yes, they are. You know, this is a a Franciscan university um, that that speaks a lot about the values that uh, that I believe in and I've, I've always trusted in. And I actually have a brother who's a priest. Uh, oh. Well, so you know, it was just great to. Uh, I had always had uh, a thought about you know coaching at a school where I could have a priest sitting on my bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that was just also always something special to me and uh you know this is a place where where we can make that happen uh our chaplain father joe doesn't like to sit on the bench he likes to sit behind the bench but he's close enough yes but but no i i think uh 
you know, to be able to share that type of experience with my staff and with my team, it was, it was like the first time I was able to openly pray myself, leading my team in prayer and, and sharing scripture with them and, um, you know, talking openly about faith and religion and, you know, with other people. Um, mm -hmm. I, I felt like coming to St. Francis, I could finally have that opportunity to, to be used in a way that, that uh, you know, I, I, I was able to do it a little bit at other institutions, but here at St. Francis, it, it's welcome. They, they really wanted me to, to be able to share things like that. Yeah, and I have to imagine there is a big difference between St. Francis and those big state schools you were at as far as mm -hmm. the, just the religious aspect. So um, as you've mentioned, you have significant coaching experience at the Division One level in various capacities, including Marist, Oregon, Penn State, Delaware. What advantages have you seen firsthand that female coaches can offer to these female athletes? Well, just the opportunity that you have, first and foremost, to be a student athlete, that women's basketball has programs where you can earn a full scholarship. Mm -hmm. um, we had a team meeting with, with uh, my team yesterday, and, and I said, first and foremost, you're a student athlete here at St. Francis. Many people don't get that opportunity to get a full scholarship and, and come to, to be a student first, as well as, as to be able to play Division I college basketball. So, you know, we encourage them to take advantage of every single thing that's given to them here at St. Francis and, and to want to be that role model to be that presence on the campus that people look up to and understand that, yes, they're basketball players, but they're students and they're serious students. We have uh, players here that are in some very rigorous majors and they're focused. And I said, everybody wants to know you, but your professors want to know you, but you have to want to know them. You have to put forth that effort to show them that you are a serious student and it's not just about basketball. So. We preach academics first here. Uh, you know, I, I said, they looked at me a little funny, but, but I, I made the comment that, you know, everybody here is not trying to go into the WNBA. And I said, you know, we'd be very appreciative if, if anybody from St. Francis could play in the WNBA. But you came here for that college degree. And that's why we're here. We're, we're here to, to, to help you to achieve those goals, but also to be a very competitive women's basketball program that has been known to win championships in the NEC, and, and we want to carry on that tradition. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's a little off topic, but you mentioned you had a team meeting yesterday. What has that been looking like, you know, during the virus and everything? And obviously just being so still new to the school and the team, how have you been navigating that? Well, we focused um, in this off season, in the spring and the summer, and in this whole transition, uh, just trying to continue to get to know each other, to build that team chemistry. Um, and we talked about when we came back to campus that it, it doesn't end with all the work that we did uh, while we were away. It gets even bigger and better and stronger right now. And, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting six feet apart in a very gigantic room with, with masks on and, and um, just talking and chatting and I, I just asked them to be okay with not knowing. Mm -hmm. We yeah. don't know anything. We as a staff don't know anything. Uh, they're going to class with other people in class right now. They're walking around campus. They're living in the dorms. They're running out for errands. 
at, at, at the different uh, stores around the area. Um, we're not necessarily working out in facilities right now because we just want them to get back and adjust to being around people yeah. again. And, and, you know, they have a lot of questions. They want to know. And, and I said, you, you just have to be okay with not knowing right now and, and to trust us, to trust when I say, I don't know, uh, you know, because coaches never want to say those words. We, don't, we always want to know. We always want to be able to help them and encourage them to, to be involved and to do things. But, you know, for the first time, I, I have to tell them, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about the season. I don't know. I don't know about tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. What the season's going to look like, but let's just take it one day at a time. And, and that's what I asked them. It's going to be one day at a time from here on out. And we're going to be as honest and truthful with you as we can. Yeah. That's really, really great advice. Cause I feel like as athletes, you're so used to having this game plan. Right. You no, know, if I do this and I do this, I'll have this outcome. So I'm sure it, it's definitely uncomfortable for them, but it's great that you're, really just being able to guide them in that way and getting them kind of used to that new frontier of not knowing. Absolutely. You know, for the first time, um, I wasn't able to give my team a team calendar. Yes. You know, because we always have a plan. We live by plans. We're very organized and very detailed on stuff. And I said, you know, right now, let's just go to class. Let's just do what your professors are asking and, you know, continue the the ways of bonding and getting to know each other and, and, and coming together as a team, socially distanced with mask on and things like that. But, but we don't have a plan and, and that's disturbing, you know, in some ways for, for us as a staff, for, for our athletic department, for our university. And it's disturbing for them because they want order. They want you to guide them through things and we can't right now. So I'm just asking them to trust, you know, trust us and, and trust in the decisions that are being made for their well-being. Yes, it does. Um, so as of right now, the NEC is the only Division I conference where all the women's basketball head coaches are female. Why do you think these roles are not filled by women as often as they can be, especially with like your kind of wealth of national experience? What have you seen? What do you think? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, as they say, people look for um great people to fill the positions and uh there there has been a, a big push i'm going to say the whole time i've been involved in in college basketball to to get more women involved to get women hired and uh the people in the hiring positions uh athletic directors university presidents uh people in administration are normally males and and sometimes males prefer to see people that they're comfortable with, which is often sometimes males as well. But uh, the opportunities are out there for women and we have to keep knocking on the door. We have to keep being persistent. And, and I was persistent. I, I had been uh, a head coach for 25 years and in the 26th year, here I am as a first time head coach. It's mm -hmm. you know, it, I think it's about not letting people discourage you for the dreams that you want for yourself. Uh, that's how we continue to serve as role models for each other in coaching, for our student athletes and for other females that if we have that dream and that desire to, to accomplish things that we want to do, then we have to keep being persistent and keep knocking on those doors. And, and sometimes we've got to knock down those doors mm -hmm. uh, and let people know that, 
um, I'm not going to take it. Uh, I want more. I want better. And uh, this is how I'm going to go about doing it with people respecting you for the way that you approach those situations. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of great people, I'd like to talk a little bit about your supporting staff, which consists of three women and a Black man. You have Rachel Hopsicker and Janine Wasiluski, I hope I said that right, as assistant coaches, Natalie Nabb as director of basketball operations, and Chris Eddings, who is your um, graduate assistant. Having interviewed for these various coaching positions around the league yourself and gaining experience in that way, what went into your selection process for your own staff? Well, I, I just wanted people first. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, good people, great people, I'm going to say. Um, I think that, that I have enough experience that I feel comfortable teaching people the job, you know, the different responsibilities that you have in coaching. Uh, but I, I wanted to know that I had good people. We're, we're at a Catholic institution. We are in Loretto, PA. Our mm-hmm. university is on the top of a mountain. And I think our our university is also a very special place. So I wanted people who wanted to be here at St. Francis first, but also wanted to be here to help me uh, achieve and accomplish the dreams uh, and the goals that I set forth as the head coach at St. Francis. And and each person wanted to be here. They wanted to be a part of of what we're trying to do. And I'm gonna add two more females uh, in the coming weeks to the staff, another assistant coach and another graduate assistant. And it's all about getting the right people in place that want to be a part of your vision. You know, everybody that says, coach, I want to work with you. I want to coach with you. They don't necessarily want to be a part of your vision. So you have to make sure that you're finding the right people who have some experience as well. I think I have some experienced uh, people on the staff and some that we're going to have to help teach uh, and train on how to do the job. But uh, first and foremost, uh, people who wanted to be here at St. Francis and, and wanted to share my vision. Yeah. And what is that vision you're looking to accomplish in the coming years? Well, you know, when I took this job at St. Francis, uh, all the boosters let me know that, that there, there had been four head coaches, uh, ahead of me and every one of them had won a championship so they're like coach it's all on you now so (laughs) you know that there's championship tradition here there's a lot of history and and tradition here on winning at st francis so we're 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 going about it the same way We're, we're finding local talent we're finding successful student athletes who can be successful here in the classroom at st francis as well as on the court uh, student athletes who want to work hard and do all the little things to to um, to help us achieve those goals and and you know we're we're also we're growing up in the process we're helping people to grow up and and be great people in their lives and in their careers and uh, we're excited about what we're building here I I think we were able to lay the foundation last year and now we're able to see the fruits of our labor. Uh, with the recruiting class that we have, with the 2021 class and the future recruits who are interested. And we're just moving forward and, and accomplishing what we set out to do. And that was to continue that winning and championship tradition that was already in place before we got here. Yeah, that's great. I look forward to seeing what you guys accomplish in the coming years. 
Um, okay, so according to the most recent NCAA diversity database data, only 41% of women's sports are led by female head coaches. That number drops to only 3% of women's teams that are led by black women. How impactful is representation in the student athlete experience and how have you personally approached this space? Well, I see myself uh, as a role model, uh, as a woman, but, but uh, more importantly, as a black woman, I, I think representation is, is really crucial, uh, especially in this day, day and age it, for women's basketball, because a number of uh, athletes that play basketball are black females. Uh, I think the statistics are so much higher for the sport of basketball than it is for any other sport. And, and student athletes want to see people who look like them. Uh, they want to see strong women, women in power, women who can speak confidently, women who, that they can trust, and, and, and women who can, can lead a team and, and lead meetings and, and, and be in a room with other males and, and exude confidence and speak like they know what they're talking about. I think that uh, they want to know that, that they can achieve and accomplish these goals, whether it's as a coach or whether it, it's as a, as a business person or a teacher in the classroom or a principal or a doctor or a lawyer. Representation for, for Black females is crucial, especially in this day and age when um, the number is so low, 3% for all sports, uh, you know, across the country. That, that I'm going to say that's a sad figure. And that makes it more important for me to, to help uh, put myself out there in, in other ways than just uh, being on the basketball court and, and getting out in the athletic department and getting out on the campus here at St. Francis and letting other people see that there is a, is a woman in a, in, a, in a position of authority, in a position of leadership, and that I am strong and I am confident and, and that I do uh, speak up and, and share and encourage and motivate and do more things than just blow my whistle on the court yeah. and, and, and ask my people to, to run the plays. Mm -hmm. um, they wanna see that, females wanna see that. I think it's also very important for males to see strong women mm -hmm. as well. You know, a lot of males relate to their mothers as, as you know, strong women, but, but for males, uh, but most importantly, females to see strong women, uh, that that's, has always been a, a special thing for me, but it, it's very important that we continue to have women in positions of leadership to, to serve as role models for young women, especially young black women. Yeah, on um, the conversations I've been having so far, a very, very common theme is if you can see it, you can be it. And it yeah. feels like you're kind of reflecting that similar sentiment. Absolutely. I, you know, that quote I used uh, when I was in college uh, at Dillard University in New Orleans, I used that quote. I was running for the, the queen, the university queen. Okay. And, uh, and I actually used that quote, if you can imagine it, you, if you can imagine it, you can achieve it. If you can dream it, you can become it. And, and I surely believe that. And, you know, there have been, been Black women uh, before me in the business. Not a whole lot. that we, we didn't have many when I was coming into the business in um, the early 90s that were uh, in positions of leadership in women's basketball. But, but these days, uh, there are more. And I, I think that uh, women, especially the, the Black women that I've been able to, to meet 
uh, on this journey. They want to be in those leadership roles. They want to show women that 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 it, it's great to to be confident to to be able to to share your vision, to have dreams, to have goals, and to go full steam and and accomplish anything that you'd like to do. Yeah. Um, and in your opinion, what do you think the Northeast Conference can do to best support the young men and women at our institutions? I think the Northeast Conference can continue to be a resource mm -hmm. for these uh, young black men and women to, to provide opportunities for internships, whether it's in the summer or uh, postgraduate opportunities or, or to send people to our campus for workshops. Uh, and now that we're all so great at Zoom, I think having Zoom opportunities, Zoom, you know, to, to just to get in front of people, you know, to, to take some time to share and to be resources for these student athletes or, or, or these students to, to know that uh, we're here for you, we see you and we wanna help you. And that, uh, you know, it's all about working together. The NEC, all in, we're all, we gotta be all in for everything. You know, not just, not just in basketball, uh, not just in athletics, but uh, as a conference, I think, you know, giving people an opportunity to have opportunities. You know, placing these opportunities in front of people to, to take advantage of. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of times people will say, well, you know, I don't know where to go and I don't know where to look. Well, then let's, let's get those resources out there and let's share that information and allow these student athletes to, to be a part of, of things like this with other people who, who look like them, I'm going to say, but also people that they aspire to be like in their uh, chosen career. Yeah, that's all great and really, really valuable input. Um, and just by way of wrap up, do you have any just final kind of advice or words of encouragement for young women looking to pursue careers in collegiate athletics or even looking to play at the um, NCAA level? For anyone who's looking to, uh, to play um, in the NCAA, Division I, Division II, Division III, uh, or to, to get into college coaching, whether that's in basketball or or volleyball or, or any sport, it, it, it's to find role models that you like and, and pick their brain. Don't be afraid to reach out. There are many people in the business, in our business, as well as, as, as in any business who are willing to share and give advice and encouragement. And, and many people are always afraid, young people especially, they're afraid to reach out and ask questions and, and use their resources. I have always been a, a, a person to reach out to people and follow up with personal notes or uh, these in, during these days or these times, email is, is easy, getting someone's phone number, using their social media accounts. People are afraid of being told no, but what about those yeses that you're gonna get? You know what I'm saying? I think you're gonna get so many more yeses if you just put yourself out there, you have to. We can't read minds. You know what? We as coaches, we're really good, but we can't read minds. And unless you're willing to use those voices, 
that you have, uh, use that that advice that you've been given so so long ago to to put yourself out there. Like I think young adults work too hard on their games to get better. You know, everybody's hiring trainers and strength coaches and speed and agility coaches and and um, you know they're working hard. So why not use that to your advantage? Why not then reach out to that coach and tell them that you like their school? Figure out how you can find someone who knows someone who can help you get the ear of the coach at the school that you really like. Um, if there's a job that you want, if you want to know if there's a grad assistantship or an internship available, we have to be more proactive and getting the things that we want and in doing the things that we want to do. And, and I think the opportunities are out there. Sometimes it takes a little research, but sometimes it just takes you getting that little nudge from someone saying, hey, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. If that's what you want, then let's do it. Let's find a way. Let's get these young folks out there finding a way to accomplish those dreams and their, those goals. Because I think opportunities are out there for them. Yeah, that's really, really great advice. Thank you so much, Coach, again, for just taking the time to sit down and speak with me. I'm really, really excited to see what you do with your platform in the coming years and with your team. And I wish you all the best luck. Well, thank you so much. I'm, you know, I'm really excited that we have uh, a conference uh, like the NEC um, with a, a strong commissioner in, in Noreen Morris and and all of her staff. I'm, I'm really appreciative of everything that they've done for me, you know, as a new head coach uh, this past year and, and moving forward into year two. Like, let's go all in and, and let's take advantage of, of everything that we can do to, to help each other and uh, especially anybody that, that we consider uh, serving as role models for. That was St. Francis University women's basketball coach Keela Whittington, and this has been NEC Now.